Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, to another Romeo Carey podcast. This podcast is a interview conducted for the documentary series. It's a streaming series of the uh, 60s music scene centered around Mark Lindsay from Paul Revere and the Raiders and all the heavyweight 60s uh, uh, musicians of that era, really centering around Los Angeles. And this particular episode centers around one of the Beatle greats, Ringo Starr, and we have a drum historian, Gary Astridge, just giving us some insight as to the tools that made Ringo's instrument set. Uh, alongside me is uh, two other producers. We've got uh, Robert Bird and Robbie Curtis. So without further ado, I bring you historian and expert on all things Ringo, Gary Astridge. Take it away, Gary. Um, and then the, so if you can give me a quick, uh, just a discourse to close it up on the, the second set that he ended his career with, that Ringo ended his career with. Yeah, second set. Um, a little bit of uh, history. The Beatles go to Rishikesh, India in, in 68, and uh, Ringo stayed for a few weeks, and he left, but the other three re remained behind. And Donovan, Donovan Leach, uh, was there. And uh, at that time, he told the three Beatles that if they would sand the finish off their guitars and make it natural, they would have more of an organic uh, uh, sound. So when they came back, uh, they, they did just that, and obviously they told Ringo. So at the time, Ringo decided he wanted to upgrade his kit, and since everyone was going natural, uh, he, he ordered this Hollywood uh, maple kit. Uh, uh, no wrap, no oyster black pearl wrap, which meant uh, the, the wood wasn't being suffocated. You know, the sound was more open and vibrant, and then he also decided to uh, order the kit with calfskin heads. Where did where now where did his uh, where did his set ultimately uh, end up? Did he still own his set? Yeah, actually, he didn't even realize he had them uh, all. Uh, uh, the, as I said, the first one, the premier kit was that was uh, a trade-in, so that one was just lost to history. But with the other five, he he didn't realize what he had, how much he had, but in fact, he had he had all of them. So. Uh, out of the six drum kits that he played, he had five. Uh, and in 2015, he put his first Ludwig kit up for auction. And uh, that sold for $2.1 million. And the other four kits still remain in his possession in a highly secured vault. Wow. And where is that vault? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, undisclosed. What, what, did, what did Steve Lukather's guitars go for that he bought for? That's what I want. So. Oyster black pearl. Was it real oyster black pearl? Um, well, I mean, real as far as the trade, the trade name, but uh, 
you know, beautiful color eye-catching. Yeah. Do you know much about the, the Ludwig Company in Chicago? Um, yeah, a fair amount. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about them? Uh, they, prior to the Beatles, you know, the, the, their main focus was uh, band instruments. You know, that, that was a big part of their business. And um, uh, they were a company that uh, was family owned, uh, worked five days a week, one shift. And uh, when the Beatles appeared and having that uh, Ludwig logo on the uh, top of that bass drum head, their business exploded uh, to the point of, at that time where they were working uh, six days a week, uh, three shifts a day, and it was nonstop for years. What did a drum set like that cost back then? Uh, they ran about 360 bucks, somewhere in that price range, on average, you know, for, for a Ringo kit. What's in the kit? You have uh, uh, two versions that, that Ringo had, um, but, but without going through the, the, the sizes. You know, it's just a, a bass drum, uh, a tom, a floor tom, and a snare drum. And then the hardware, which would be two cymbal stands, uh, hi-hat stand, bass drum pedal, and a stool. Did he have particular sticks that he liked? What, what, what was his, um, did he have a particular drumstick of choice? Yeah. Um, it seems to me that when he first started out, uh, uh, Ringo would just use anything and make it work. But at that time, when the when the Beatles first kicked in, you know, there wasn't rock and roll drumsticks; there was just jazz sticks. You know, so Louis, Louis, what is it, Louis yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was the st- I think the standard order was Louis Belson drumsticks. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 The only reason I know that is because uh, Frank Zappa was on well, the Steve yeah. Allen show. And he was uh, just playing bicycle wheels. That's how he got. Like, yeah. Look, I can make a bicycle make music. And he borrowed all the. He borrowed a bunch of stuff. He borrowed a bow to use it on the bike to play. Are you serious? Yeah. And then he. And then he. sound. And he says, "I borrowed. I borrowed the bow from your, you know, from your bass player." And he says, "I borrowed the drum, the Louis Belson drumstick from your drummer." How cool is that? Wow. Amazing. Okay. Gary Astridge. Hi, Jerry. Nice to meet you. Gary. Gary. Yeah. I'm obviously hard of hearing. What? What? Okay. You beat me to it, Jerry Gary. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, we're good. The drum part. Okay, so um, uh, okay, so Louis Belson drumsticks. And uh, as part of the items that Barbara and Ringo were loaning, uh, was uh, two Beatle drum kits. The one from the Ed Sullivan Show, uh, that would represent the start of Ringo's Beatles career, and uh, his uh, Ludwig Maple kit, which would symbolize the end of his career. And they says, but we have a problem. This is why we're calling you. Uh, when we called Ringo's people in London about the drums, <laughs> they, they basically said, well, we have drums. We know that they're from the Beatles era, but we don't know what drum belongs with what drum to make the proper kit. And we don't know anything about the hardware. We don't know anything. So they were doing a frantic church, uh, a search, uh, meaning the Grammy Museum. And all they kept finding was my website. So they said, could you help? 
and that's that's how things started from uh, for me and and once I once I uh, did those two projects you know I, I knew now what Ringo had and, and I said um, you got a lot of things missing uh, I, I have a plan what if I take my collection and uh, uh, whatever you need to make your five Beatles uh, drum kits whole again, I, I can do that. And he allowed it. So we were able to bring uh, five of the six drum kits that Ringo had back to life. Wow. Could you break down the original drum kit in terms of years that assembled that, that, uh, that, that drum set? And, and then what he ended up with at the end of his career? Okay. Well, it all started with, really with the drum kit that he no longer has. It's just lost to history. And that was a premier uh, mahogany zero plastic color uh, a drum kit that Ringo uh, purchased in September of 1960. And he purchased it because uh, he and his band at the time, Roy Storm and the Hurricanes, uh, were traveling to Hamburg, Germany at the beginning of October to... Um, uh, do, do a stint of gigs there. And it lands up that when he did go, they were performing with the Beatles. And Roy Storm and the Hurricane at the time was uh, the top of the bill. But that, that was a connection, Ringo's first connection with the Beatles. And um, it wasn't until uh, 1963 that Ringo decided to upgrade his, his uh, premiere kit and that's when he uh, purchased his first Ludwig kit in, uh, in London. Is Ludwig a German? Is that made in London? Yeah, no, uh, Ludwig uh, actually is a, a drum company based out of, at that time, based out of Chicago. So he's a German out of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and Ringo was all excited. He actually told the story uh, that because uh, there's a lot of different versions out there of uh, uh, how he obtained the kit. Uh, there's a lot of stories saying that, that they uh, already had a kit provided for him or ready for him, you know, that, that was either a premiere or something called Trixon. Uh, but, but Ringo said no. It, when he got there, he saw, he saw the drum kit. He saw the Oyster Black Pearl. Yeah. Well, it's still, <clears throat> all that's getting drowned out by the moan track, so. Oh, yeah, Dino's, Dino's committed to doing that? Yeah. Sure, Gary Astridge. How do you spell your last name? A-S-T-R-I-D-G-E. And Gary, how, how do you want your credit for the, for your, uh, you know, the, the uh, graphic that we're going to Yeah, be a independent uh, historian for uh, Ringo and his Beatle, Beatles era drum kits. Yes. Okay. And uh, all right. So now, speaking of drum kits, so let, let me let me just take it from the very beginning. How did you happen to get into the collection and the archiving of uh, such high-end collectible instruments? Yeah. 
for me, it goes back to childhood, seeing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. I had no musical interests prior to that. It just changed me. I was a little boy with parents that didn't really have much. Um, they bought me, you know, the, like a snare drum, things like that. And uh, whenever I'd get a Beatle album, I would spend my time just studying the pictures over and over. Same with news articles or magazine photos. And um, I, I realized that Ringo had more than one drum kit. I could just tell by some of the slight differences as I would try to trace out the, the drums with crayons. And uh, as when I grew older, um, now playing drums, I, I thought, why don't I have a Ringo drum kit? So I, I thought I knew enough. I, I bought uh, a vintage kit, and it was not correct. And that um, made me dive in even more to, to find out what Ringo actually played. And from that, from that point, I just started to do a lot of research, and I started collecting. And by collecting the same vintage gear he did, I could learn the little intricacies of things that changed with new models and things like that. So uh, before you knew it, with, with it being a passion, I had amassed a collection of all uh, uh, the drum kits uh, pretty close to on spec to what Ringo used during his career as the Beatles. And once I had all that and all this information, I thought, what was I going to do? So I created a website called ringosbeetlekits.com, and uh, that was in, in 2006. And in 2000, uh, late 2012, I got a call from the Grammy Museum saying that they were uh, doing an exhibit on Ringo called Ringo Peace and Love. 